You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello and welcome to The Good GP, the education podcast for busy GPs. Today on the show, I have Dr. Yi Tai, who is a dermatologist from Edgewater Dermatology. Welcome, Yi. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. And our topic today is quite interesting. Uh, it's phototherapy or treatment of different dermatological conditions. So this is a topic that I found really interesting because I, I was recommending phototherapy for lots of patients, but I didn't really understand what was involved until I had a family member actually go through phototherapy. Yes. So, yeah, let's talk about phototherapy. It's obviously light therapy for dermatological conditions. Um, what is it and how does it work? So, I mean, phototherapy is essentially um, the use of uh, ultraviolet radiation to treat skin diseases. It's sort of historically, people know things like PUVA, that was how uh, phototherapy uh, started. So PUVA was UVA, and you take uh, this photosensitizing agent called sorolin, and then you kind of go into this UV cabinet and pretty much have, you know, a dose of UVA sort of thing. So that's how it started. But then people moved away from uh, UVA and broadband UVB was the next thing that came up. And uh, broadband UVB is essentially the whole uh, UVB spectrum from about 280 to 315 nanometers. And basically, yeah, that's used, uh, that was used for many years to treat a spectrum of skin diseases. More recently, however, in the last sort of 20 years or so, everyone's uh, been moving towards narrowband UVB. So it's a very narrow spectrum of the UVB, the, the whole UVB spectrum. So it's 311 to 312 nanometers. And basically, it's been found that this narrow spectrum is, is very efficacious in treating skin diseases, but also has very little in the way of side effects, not as carcinogenic as PUVA or, or broadband UVB. So these days we use uh, mostly narrowband UVB. You can treat it two ways. You can do the whole body. So if you've got generalized skin disorders, got psoriasis or eczema all over you, you can do whole bo- in the whole body machine. And basically this is like a, a cabinet where you go into the cylindrical, there's UV fluorescent tubes all around. And basically uh, someone would just undress, go in, and then uh, wear some goggles and have a dose of UV. It can also be just for the hands and feet. Um, that's a very popular uh, way of treating because we know that a lot of skin diseases are just localized to the palmar planted surfaces. So in this instance, it's just a machine that has UV panels uh, where you can put your hands and feet on and basically a dose of UV is also delivered. How does it work? I mean, we know that UV in general is, is immunosuppressive. So that's how it's, it causes skin cancers. So we need our immune system to work to be able to look out for mutagenic cells. So when, when you give UV in high doses, it actually suppresses the immune system on the skin and therefore it can be used to treat a lot of inflammatory skin conditions. But uh, yeah, as a side point, it can also be carcinogenic because of the diminishing in the immune function. Mm, yeah. Immune surveillance. So let's just go through, if we're referring someone for, say, phototherapy, 
What's involved when someone embarks on a course of phototherapy for the patient? So, yeah, so phototherapy is usually done like several times a week, usually three times a week, but uh, can be more frequent. But of course, the risk of being burnt uh, increases if you go beyond three times a week. So basically, we usually advise about sort of eight to 12 weeks of treatment minimum, and that we tell them you probably won't see any effect until possibly 10 to 15 treatments. So, you know, a good course would be about 30 treatments all up sort of thing. So we would tell the patients, you know, the process that you undress, you expose all the uh, bits of your skin that have the disease. And generally, you know, the face can be kind of covered as well if they don't have any skin disease on their face. But the goggles are important just because it protects against cataracts and things like that. So yeah, that's a course of phototherapy. Um, usually it, we start at a low dose so that the dose is dependent on how long you spend in, inside the phototherapy unit. So we start at a low dose, so short duration. So in our machine, in our practice, um, it starts at 10 seconds sort of mm. thing. So you take longer to pretty much undress. <laughs> and then you kind of go into the machine. And then with every treatment, it's incremental. And so you spend a bit longer until about a couple of minutes sort of thing. Um, but some of the older machines, you can be in there 15, 20 minutes sort of thing. So, so patients have to be quite stable, be able to stand stand up, um, not, not too frail. And they need to be sort of available, I guess. They need to be, have, be able to turn up three days a week on set days, and there needs to be a day in between. Yeah, yeah, so that's quite important because it's important that the place where you're having phototherapy is close to your work or home because, you know, a lot of people don't have time, you know, through their work hours. Um, so some of them will have to duck out during their lunch hour to come for treatment. So, yeah, it kind of depends, you know, whether they're homebound or workbound sort of thing as to where it is. Uh, but uh, in, in WA alone, there's quite a lot of phototherapy units around the major suburbs sort of thing. So most people can be cross-referred to, to a different practice if it's more convenient. Yeah, so worth asking around where your local phototherapy unit is. And, but it, being local is really helpful to patients, isn't it? Because they, they want to be nearby so they can duck in. It's often a very quick appointment, you know, 10 seconds of treatment. It's not long, is it? Absolutely, yeah. If you, you don't want to have to kind of travel half an hour each way sort of thing to, to be able to get to a phototherapy unit, then compliance becomes an issue if... Uh, if they don't, um, you know, if it's not convenient for them. Yeah. As with any treatment, really. Absolutely. So let's talk about the conditions it's actually helpful for and, and uh, how effective it is. So the the main condition that uh, phototherapy is used to treat is psoriasis, um, mm. and it has to be usually stable psoriasis, but actually guttate psoriasis, it works well for as well. So I would say, I mean, there's no data out there to say how effective uh, phototherapy is uh, for skin diseases, but I think, you know, just from experience, I think it's probably about 70-80% effective um, for, for most people, and then beyond that, you're kind of looking at, um, you know, systemic and biologic treatment, but uh, it is, uh, you know, effective in most psoriatics. Uh, eczema is probably the next most frequent uh, condition treated with phototherapy. Phototherapy is probably not as effective for eczema as it is for psoriasis, I would say probably you know, 50, 60% um, effective. Some eczema patients, you, 
you know you treat them for weeks and it's still the same so they have to move on to something else um, we treat a lot of hand and feet dermatitis we do get mm. a lot of people with hand dermatitis hand eczema having phototherapy and uh, that seems to work well probably you know about 50 to 60 percent again psoriasis eczema is probably the commonest and then it kind of drops off um, vitiligo would probably be another condition that we would treat with um, with phototherapy um, with vitiligo again it's probably about 50 percent effective um, you probably and with vitiligo, you really need to treat for long periods of time before you can see any uh, repigmentation. So vitiligo, and then moving off, I guess, uh, um, the other thing is we see a lot of people with pruritus of the elderly, senile pruritus, they, they would uh, come in with no particular reason for their pruritus. Um, mm. And so those patients, we would have a trial of phototherapy as well. And some, you know, really do, do well with it and in a condition where there's nothing else really works it uh, can be quite uh, important for them and then what other conditions I guess you know there there are kind of much less common conditions that are used that we use for the therapy for things like lichen planus like mycosis fungoides but you know that would be very very rare yeah so certainly um, consider it perhaps if you, people aren't responding to topical steroids particularly well yeah, yep, um, yep. or starting to use larger doses of topical steroids to help sort of improve their response. Absolutely. Or if you are thinking about immunosuppressives next or if, um, say, in an eczema patient, you're having to use quite a lot of doses of prednisolone, phototherapy is a much safer way of treating them. Yeah, it's a good way of sparing steroids. Yeah, that's right. Um, and as you mentioned, just people with idiopathic itch, it's often quite soothing for idiopathic itch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can work and it can't work. Um, those who it can, can work, it's really a boon for them because it's, uh, you know, nothing else has helped and they're intensely symptomatic. Yeah. So let's just say um, a patient has treatment and it works. What does that mean in terms of the need for more treatment or are they in long, longer term remission? So yeah, the treatment is often very individualized. So if it does work, if we're talking about psoriasis, um, if it clears the psoriasis, we often say just stop and see how it goes. And I mean, we have to tell the patients this is not a cure because a lot of people are expecting a treatment uh, equals to cure, but we kind of have to tell them that, you know, it, it will clear for a while. Some may be, um, you know, many months before it returns. Um, some need, you know, a course once a year sort of thing. For So for psoriasis, most of the time we are able to stop treatment. For the other conditions like eczema, vitiligo, sometimes it can be trickier because they get a bit of a rebound uh, once, you, once they come off uh, treatment. And so sometimes we might need to taper the treatment. So we might go down to from three times a week to twice a week for a few weeks and then once a week. And some might never get off once a week sort of thing. But when you kind of weigh up the risk benefit of, um, you know, going back to um, having eczema all over their skin, they would rather have wear the risk of uh, once a week treatment sort of thing. Particularly if you're, you know, you've got a, skin phototype in your skin is um, you know less likely to have 
skin cancer to, to developing and things like that. Yeah, and that's, I guess, the next question I was going to ask you around the risks and side effects. I mean, obviously, skin cancer is a risk, but you, you mentioned skin type plays a big role in that. Absolutely. So, so as we know, skin phototype is important for any for skin cancers in general. I mean, patients with skin phototype one two are going to be at higher risk of developing skin cancers. So, narrowband UVB, as I said earlier, is,、uh, is a lot safer than the other modalities than than PUVA and broadband. So far, in the last twenty years of it being around, there's been various papers in the literature and. All of them have not been able to prove that、uh, narrowband UVB has an increased risk compared to normal. So I think、um, this does say that narrowband UVB is indeed quite, you know, quite a safe、uh, form of treatment. But to be cautious, there is a benchmark figure.、Um, it used to be about two hundred fifty treatments per lifetime. Which is not a lot, but nowadays I think、uh, the benchmarks moving towards four five hundred really、uh, mm. treatments in a lifetime. Of course, it has to be individualized. You know, if someone has skin for the type five, if they're you know brown or black skin, you know, they're never going to get a skin cancer. Probably, yeah, feel quite comfortable treating them with more more doses of、uh, phototherapy. Now, are there any risks? So, short term, you could get burnt with phototherapy. So, you could get like a sunburn kind of thing. So,、uh, if that happens, usually we stop the treatment and dial down the dose.、Um, sometimes we might need a、uh, topical steroids or other treatment for the burn.、Uh, but usually, it's it doesn't occur that that commonly because we escalate the doses very gradually. And then you can get、um, darkening of your skin. Some people don't like to be dark, so you have to warn them about that. And then, kind of in the longer term, a lot of people can get、uh, more freckles, more lentigines, more photoaging. So something you warn people about. And then, and then the skin cancer risk, as I say, is still、um, not really defined. It's still quite contra- controversial with、uh, narrowband UVB. At this stage, you know, we don't like to treat patients who have had melanomas previously with narrowband UVB. Most other t- patients we're quite comfortable treating. And you mentioned cataract risk from eye exposure. What what's the risk of cataracts? Look, I think you know if you had repeated doses of UV, risk would increase. But we're very safe in phototherapy. We always can get them to wear UV resistant goggles. But it would be like having outdoor sunlight sort of、mm. thing. You know, over a period of time, you can eventually. Be at risk of cataracts. Last question: What patients are ideal for phototherapy, and what which ones aren't? In particular, what sort of age can kids? Because you know, eczema often affects young kids. So,、mm. what age can you start, and who can and can't? So, with kids, I mean, it's as I've treated as young as three year old. So, it's it's pretty much tolerability whether they'd be able to tolerate just standing still. In a space where they are alone, whether they get anxious or whatever.、Um, so I've treated kids as young as three, but you probably won't be able to treat any younger than that. I would say.、Mm-hmm. So as long as they can stand upright, they're not going to run around. They're, they're、um, able to take instructions, and they're not going to be, you know, have a panic attack in the UV cabinet. They're pretty much okay to be treated. The patients we wouldn't treat with phototherapy.、Um, there's kind of a you know a few contraindications. So patients with photosensitizing conditions. So if they've got like a, a lupus or dermatomyositis or porphyria, or even some of the、uh, immunobullous conditions, bullous pemphigoid can be quite can be triggered by UV light.、Um, we wouldn't treat them.、Um, we'd be careful in patients with photosensitizing medications. So. 
they were on like doxycycline or roaccutane or something like that, then we would be cautious in them. Um, I mentioned patients with melanomas, we probably um, are on the side of not treating them with phototherapy. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, and, and claustrophobic patients, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so patients who can't take a small space, they probably won't be able to. Yeah, and you have to be able to stand up, I suppose. Yes, well. that's right. So if you're really elderly and you can't stand, some UV cabinets have somewhere to hold on to, but a lot don't. And then you, if you can't really stand for prolonged periods, it, it might, uh, might, might, might not be suitable for them. That's just a great summary of phototherapy and, and where it can be used. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Ian. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.